From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for tuning in. Well, news for you today. No breaking news. All right. Uh, At least I'm not going to talk about it. With Christmas Eve approaching and we are preparing to celebrate the birth of Christ, I want to step back from the politics and the policies. And today I'm going to bring you a special Faith and Freedom edition of Washington Watch. You know, one of the many things that I find encouraging in Washington, and I mention this fairly frequently, is that God has been calling more and more Christian men and women to Congress, really over the last decade in particular. Now, I'm talking about men and women who have a genuine relationship with the Lord and have devoted their lives to serving him. Yes, yes, you can serve the Lord in Congress. We need more. Actually, we need more men and women who will answer the call of the Lord to serve in elected office and in places where they can shape our culture and guide our country. Now, before Christmas and uh, before Congress adjourned, I I went up to to Capitol Hill and I I sat down with some members of of Congress. And today I'm going to share with you my interview with uh, Missouri Congressman Mark Alford and my interview with Texas Congressman Michael Clout. So that's coming up on this special edition of Washington Watch. Our word for today comes from Revelation 15. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. Well, as we are about to celebrate the birth of Jesus, his first appearance, the scripture tells us we should be looking for his second appearance, which could happen very quickly. For more on our journey through the Bible, and as we begin a new journey, go to frc.org slash Bible. In fact, we've got a a great resource available for you as we begin this new journey on January the 1st. This will be a whole new journey through the Bible, 10 to 15 minutes a day, and two years you'll be able to finish the Bible. And we've got a, a new journal. It's a resource that's available for you. It's our Stand on the Word journal. And if you'd like to get a copy of this journal, it's it's a great resource. It has the daily reading of each day, kind of questions that you can use for discussion with your family or small group, places where you can take notes. And then throughout, uh, there are various uh, charts and diagrams uh, that kind of help you on this journey through the Bible. And if you'd like to get a copy of it, go to frc.org slash journal, or you can text the word journal to 67742. Also, This is the time of year, the end of the year, where nonprofit organizations raise their funds for the next year. And if you'd like to partner with the Family Research Council, we'd love for you to do that as well. And so if you'd like to be a partner with the Family Research Council to ensure that FRC continues to have programs like Washington Watch, we'll just text the word GIVE to 67742. All right, my first guest, Congressman Mark Alford. He he is in his first term of the U.S. House of Representatives, representing the 4th Congressional District of Missouri. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee and the House Agriculture Committee. Before entering politics, Congressman Alford spent 25 years anchoring Kansas City's number one morning news show 
and spent more than 23,000 hours on live television. Often out of place as a conservative in the legacy media, Congressman Alford was spurred to run for office by his faith. And he sat down to talk about that with me on Capitol Hill. Here, here is our conversation. Congressman Mark Alford, thanks so much for sitting down with us. My pleasure. My honor. Always enjoy our conversations. Well, and, and we do as well. And one of the things that we want to do, and we've, we've done this over the last few years, is that it's Christmas time. You know, people are thinking of family and not so much business, not so much policy. And, you know, you, uh, you're on the program a lot. And I wanted our viewers and listeners to get a little more sense of, uh, of, of who Mark Alford is, why you're here. And then let's talk a little bit about um, what's special about this time of year to the Alford family. So let me just start with this, Mark. What brought you here to our nation's capital at a time when the nation is so divided? It really is, and that's been one of the disheartening um, aspects of this job so far to get here and vote for Kevin McCarthy 15 times, and then he lasts, what, eight months and gets fired, and then we go through this whole other speaker race, and we're out of work for basically, what, six weeks. And um, But uh, God always has a plan. Uh, you and I have talked about this. I firmly believe Speaker Mike Johnson is anointed by God. I told him this uh, the Sunday before the election. Um, I was actually supporting uh, Kevin Hearn, but Mike called, and he had been a mentor and friend for some time. And I said, Mike, I would love to support you. I've already thrown my support behind Kevin, but you are anointed by God. You will be the next Speaker of the House. And sure enough, he is. Um, that being said, um, I didn't expect to have that difficulty coming up. I don't think anyone did coming here to Washington. Our freshman class, Tony, is amazing. I think we have five Navy SEALs in our class, people who have given up their careers, um, their livelihood to some degree. Monica De La Cruz from Texas gave up a multi-million dollar state farm business because you can't have outside business when you come here. And But we all came here for the same reason, because we felt like our country was this close to going over the edge. I know I did, and I was sitting behind that news desk in Kansas City for 25 years, and uh, I was secure. Um, I was making pretty good money. I, had, uh, I was actually making more money in real estate on the outside, uh, an outside income, and we were comfortable. But I kept thinking there's more to life than being comfortable. Uh, sure, I was entertaining folks. I was informing folks in the Kansas City viewing area. But I wasn't living up to my full potential, I think. God had given me these talents that um, I had been honing since I was really in fifth grade doing speeches and being the ham of the class and being in plays. I knew I wanted to be an anchor since I was in fifth grade. And um, that was me, though. That was my plan. And God has a way of taking your plans and turning it into something better than you can ever imagine. And he did that. Um, you know, I, I've had this conversation. I fought with the management a long time uh, there at uh, the station I was uh, anchoring because I want to present the full context, perspective, and balance of stories. And uh, that wasn't always happening. And um, uh, I always tried to live within 
being in subjection to authority or submission to authority there, um, I was finding that more difficult um, because we had major disagreements. And when Vicki Hartzler, my predecessor, decided another great uh, woman of God decided to run for the U.S. Senate, I began thinking maybe this is something where I can use my talents to put to use for um, our country. I didn't want to be in a nursing home at age 92 and look back and think I wish I'd done something to help my country. I'd never served my country in, in very little capacity. I mean, I'd raise money for charity over, I'd help raise more than $2 million for charities in Kansas City over those 25 years, but nothing to really put, make this sacrifice. And that's what people do when they come here. Well, it reminds me of Proverbs where a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And and, and some of the greatest things in life we don't plan, but if we yield ourselves to God, he directs those steps into opportunities like you have now. I want to probe a little deeper in this because I think our viewers and listeners connect with average people who feel called by God to step into this arena. Just as you're called to be here, it speaks volumes, I think, to Christians and believers, predominantly our audience, that God has a plan for our country, and we're a part of it. He does. I think it's a grand plan. You know, I talked a lot about this in my speeches on the campaign trail and still today, and I made a promise to God when I got in this race that I was going to mention him in every speech that I do. I often do that with some Reagan speeches because Reagan was of the same mindset that we really owe our existence as a nation to the providence and protection of God Almighty. And uh, I like to quote him um, loosely. This is in the exact quote, but he said, when he was president of the United States, it's time for us to reassert our trust in God. It's time for us to realize that we need him more than he needs us. It's time to turn to God for the healing of America. But there's such resistance to that idea and, and articulating that view as, as Speaker Mike Johnson has talked about so boldly and clearly. But the, the left goes is unhinged at that. And, and I walk a fine line on that because every day I go across the aisle and I try to make uh, a new connection with a Democrat. And I've made some friends on the other side. Um, they're human. They're children of God as well. And so I walk this fine line. I want to demonstrate God and Christ in my life and proclaim Christ in my job here. But I... I don't. I want to make sure my heart is pure in that. That I'm not doing it to tick off the Democrats because it. You know, when they get so upset that Mike Johnson has a Bible up on the podium, when he's doing his uh, swearing in and acceptance speech uh, that he did that was beautiful. Um, I think we're all cognizant of how uneasy that makes people because of this. Uh, misconception of separation in church and state in our government. And so we've got to make sure our motives are right. That's all I'm saying, that we're not there. My goal is to bring people along to Christ, right? And if I'm going to upset someone, that's not the way to do it. It's to have those personal relationships where you can sit down maybe on a, a cup of coffee or in their office and, and get to know each other. That's how you're going to win someone over. Yeah, I think it's, it's important to have those conversations, and that's a part of what many people don't see in the political process. Very similar to Jesus and the woman at the well. 
you know, he, he went out of his way to have a conversation, didn't back away from the conflict that came when he spoke truth. Right. But that brought about a conversion uh, of her life, and I think we need to see that modeled more in our society today. I had an interesting conversation with the leader, Hakeem Jeffries. I actually sought him out because I, you know, when they're on the floor, you don't have a lot of time and everything's very superficial. And I, we went to his office, which is highly unusual for a Republican to do. But I wanted to get to know him uh, and his background and where he came from. And we ended up staying for about 30 minutes. And I told him, leader, um, we're both guilty of this on both sides. You can either be inflammatory or you can be inspirational, but you cannot be both at the same time. We have to choose to be inspirational and inspire people to greatness in America again. And it begins with having those conversations and knowing people. And I think that's one of the challenges we've had, even in the media, to where we we don't have conversations. We have pretty much have uh, rants. (laughs) That's right. There's a lot of yelling in America. There needs to be more listening. When we come back, we're about to go to a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about, um, so I'm going to give you time to think about it. What is special about this time of year to the Alford family? What are some of those maybe traditions as we look at Christmas and we we get together as family? What are some of those things that are special to you? So we're going to we're going to look at that on the on the when we come back from this break. Folks, stick with us. We're here on Capitol Hill talking to Congressman Mark Alford, a special Christmas Eve edition, if you will, of Washington Watch. So don't go away. We're coming back with more of this special broadcast right after this. For 40 years, Family Research Council has been in Washington, D.C., championing faith, family, and freedom in public policy and the culture from a biblical worldview. But it isn't easy. As the culture continues to become increasingly divided, believers must continue defending biblical truth while many on the left wish to silence and marginalize Christians. Will you join us? Your financial support has never been more important. Thanks to your partnership, we can continue to reach more Americans with the important news from Washington, D.C. Equip believers to stand firm in our culture and defend biblical truth in the halls of government. Every donation we receive will go towards preserving and advancing policies for a culture that honors faith, family, and freedom. To give, text the word GIVE to 67742. Again, text GIVE to 67742. Don't miss Family Research Council's new podcast, Outstanding. Brought to you by FRC's team at The Washington Stand, this podcast is designed to examine top news stories and cultural issues from a distinctly biblical worldview with an aim to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Join host and senior fellow for biblical worldview, Joseph Backholm, as he examines recent developments and cultural phenomena through the lens of Scripture and explores how Christians should respond. New guests join the podcast every week to unpack the headlines and discuss what's going on in the world. Topics range from recent political developments to social issues and spiritual battles. We invite you to follow along with these critical conversations as we release new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. You don't want to miss it. To listen, go to WashingtonStand.com slash podcast slash outstanding. And be sure to look for the Outstanding Podcast on your favorite podcasting app today. 
Join Family Research Council's Association of Churches and Ministries, a community of pastors and ministry leaders united in refusing to hide their faith in Jesus from those that would try to silence us. As we face an increasingly hostile culture, the Association of Churches and Ministries provides invaluable resources and a powerful platform to grow and be equipped for the ministry God has entrusted to you. Together, we will stand firm, united in faith. Visit acm.frc.org and become a member today. If you're a young adult passionate about seeing biblical values championed in our country, check out Family Research Council's internship program. This three-month program is both a discipleship and development opportunity where you get to take part in truly meaningful work and help advance faith, family, and freedom in public policy and our culture. Featuring hands-on experience, biblical worldview training, free housing, and more, this internship is a great opportunity for spiritual and professional development. Check out frc.org slash internships to apply today. Welcome back to this special edition of Washington Watch. We're on Capitol Hill sitting down right now with Congressman Mark Alford of Missouri, a, uh, a very familiar voice and face to our guest on Washington Watch. Uh, Congressman, let's talk now. We were talking a little bit about what brought you here to our to our nation's capital and, and, and your faith journey and, and, and wanting to reach others uh, with the good news of the gospel. Let's talk now about this time of year. It's a special time of year. In fact, I, I like this time in D.C. every year because it, it, I think people are a little nicer. <laughs> you know? I just Everybody has a little more joy, a little, right. more, a, a little more grace, if you will. Uh, except for the drivers. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but it's a reminder of the yeah, season, right. the reason for the season. We should live with that joy every day. But let's talk a little about some of the, the traditions. People often think of, uh, of Christmas time and the traditions and what's special to family. So what's special to the offered family? Well, I, I need to tell you a little bit about my history. I think I've shared this before. I grew up in the Church of Christ in Baytown, Texas, 20 miles east of Houston, um, it's a, each church is autonomous. We have a, a eldership. Um, and it's, they can be very legalistic because if it's not in the Bible, we don't do it. And so um, we're now uh, affiliated with Assemblies of God. And we've, I decided that the older I get, the more grace I need. And so uh, we made that transition. But I still have some deep roots in the traditions of the Church of Christ. Acapella singing, I love I love to hear uh, and, and sing my part. Um, but we never celebrated Christ as part of the Christmas tradition of the Church of Christ. Um, that has changed. i tell you where it really changed, though, Tony. For me personally, when my first son was born, Mark Jr., who's now, what, 31 years old, there, until you see that child being born and you know that that is part of your DNA that God has welded together with your wife's DNA and made it. And then think about the sacrifice that God Almighty had for his only son to take on the sin of the world. And he knew from before the earth was ever created that he was going to do that. It really gave a new meaning to me for Christmas. And, um, and so I started celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, I think God planted that in my heart. Um, I have three children. They're all grown now. Uh, we have a lot of great traditions. I always worked on Christmas Day. 
uh, in the news business. I did the morning news and then we'd come home. So a lot of times uh, we'd have to wait till dad got home before the kids went to the tree to see what Santa left them. Um, so uh, I worked for many years in Kansas City. We always go to the Christmas, uh, the Thanksgiving night uh, lighting of the plaza there. It's beautiful. If you've never been, I'd like to invite you down to do that. We always build a gingerbread house. We've done that for about 20 years now uh, from scratch. I have the, the mold, uh, the, the template that I've made, and I've made now one for each kid so they can carry on this tradition. And it's not the prettiest house, but we all take part in building this house, just like we've all taken part in building our family over those years. Those things are special. Um, and I think it's important in families that we have those, what I call, they're anchors. You know, they're things we look back on with fondness. And, and I think those are the things that bring us joy. And I, I think God intends life to be that way. He does. I, you know, there is so much misery in this world. And joy is true joy, not happiness, not fleeting happiness. But that is the peace and joy that Jesus Christ alone can provide someone who is trying to live within the will of God. And um, I think when, uh, I'm sure most of your listeners and viewers already have come to this realization that Christ needs to be part of their life. But if you're out there right now and you don't have that peace, you are missing out on something. Because at the end of the day, when I go to sleep, I, I know that while I may have sinned uh, one or two times during the day, gotten outside the will of God, that um, his blood covers me. And that is the most peaceful. It's like we're the resting in the bosom of God. And, and that's intended, as Jesus said, I came in, in, uh, in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, I came and might have life and have it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the abundant life that I think many believers are, are missing. But it, even in the midst of, I mean, we're sitting here in Capitol Hill, a time of great tension, division, big issues, literally issues that affect the world. But even in the midst of that, we can have joy. We can, because we know how it all ends, right? We know we're going to be with God in eternity. Uh, I like to think about my eternal life doesn't start when I die. I'm living my eternal life right now. This is just one chapter of the prelude uh, to the, the final act. Right. I mean, it's the, the process of justification, sanctification, and then glorification. It is an ongoing journey that we're on. But that faith component of our journey, our, our, I mean, it is our journey. It is that relationship with, with the Lord. And I just think it's important, as we close out our time together, Congressman offered, to encourage our viewers and listeners that there's more men and women. We're just going to have a chance to talk to a few over the next couple of days. But there are many men and women of faith that have been drawn to this city for this time. And I'm encouraged by that. People ask me, what's the biggest surprise uh, in Washington that you've had since you're swearing in? It's how many Christians there are up here. How many strong men and women of God? I'm involved in two Bible studies. One is in the Ag Committee room with the chairman of the Ag Committee. Another is a rotating Bible study. We go from member's office to member's office, and we'll have anywhere between 5 and 15 people in that. And it is a, Mike Johnson was a member of that for a while. Uh, it is amazing that how many people are here with a singular focus of making a difference, not just for the country, but for Christ 
in everything you do, no matter what job you have, it is not insignificant to Christ. Whether you're a homemaker or you're a billionaire, uh, if you're living for Christ, we all have something in common, and, and that is your ministry to try to win people over for Christ, not to shove it down their throat, but to show that joy and to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Yeah, we all have a purpose. Yeah, that purpose ultimately is to bring glory and honor to God, and we can each do it in the place in which God has called us. But like you, I take great hope that God is not finished with this nation because of the men and women like yourself that he's calling here to serve. Well, thank you. And we're not perfect by any means, but we're made perfect through Christ Jesus. Congressman Mark Alford, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Folks, stick with us. We're coming back on the other side of the break with more of this special edition of Washington Watch in just a moment. Most of us have wrestled with deep questions about the meaning of life at one time or another. Questions like, why are we here? What has gone wrong with our world? Is there any hope? And how does it all end? Thankfully, David Claussen, director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at Family Research Council, has carefully answered each of these tough questions in his latest publication titled, An Introduction to Worldview. With 81% of evangelical church attendees claiming to hold a biblical worldview, and only 21% actually holding a biblical worldview, resources like this are more important than ever. With this new resource, we invite you, your family, and your church to evaluate what makes up a worldview and to see how a biblical worldview provides the most satisfying answers to life's biggest questions. To read the full publication and to see other resources from FRC's Center for Biblical Worldview, visit frc.org worldview. Again, that's frc.org worldview. Don't miss Family Research Council's new podcast, Outstanding. Brought to you by FRC's team at The Washington Stand, this podcast is designed to examine top news stories and cultural issues from a distinctly biblical worldview with an aim to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Join host and senior fellow for biblical worldview, Joseph Backholm, as he examines recent developments and cultural phenomena through the lens of Scripture and explores how Christians should respond. New guests join the podcast every week to unpack the headlines and discuss what's going on in the world. Topics range from recent political developments to social issues and spiritual battles. We invite you to follow along with these critical conversations as we release new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. You don't want to miss it. To listen, go to WashingtonStand.com slash podcast slash outstanding and be sure to look for the Outstanding Podcast on your favorite podcasting app today. Welcome back to a special Faith and Freedom edition of Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So glad that you are with us. The website is TonyPerkins.com. Well, as Christmas Eve approaches and we prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ, we're broadcasting this special Faith and Freedom edition of Washington Watch. Uh, Before Congress adjourned and left for Christmas, uh, I went to Capitol Hill and I sat down with some members of Congress one-on-one and talked not about politics and policies, but about their personal relationship with the Lord and how that impacted their public service. And I'm going to bring you that next interview. But before I do, I I want to encourage you to take a stand with us for faith, family, and freedom by partnering with the Family Research Council, especially as we close out 2023 and prepare for even bigger 
battles and opportunities in 2024. Generous friends of FRC have increased our challenge match to $1.5 million. So everything that you give by New Year's Eve, your tax deductible gift will be doubled. So to give, just go to TonyPerkins.com or text GIVE to 67742. All right, here's my conversation with Congressman Michael Cloud. Congressman Michael Cloud, thanks so much for sitting down and joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. So Christmas is coming, and uh, we're, uh, so we're sitting down talking about that. Still a lot of activity here in, uh, in Congress Capitol Hill as we're right in the middle of everything right now. But I, I want to step back from all that for just a moment and give, you're on our program quite a bit, and this is an opportunity for people to get to know, really get to know our guests. I think they know where you stand on the policy issues. Right, you're, right. you're right down the line with us. You're conservative, you're pro-family, you're pro-life. But let's talk about how you got there. How, how did you come about these biblical convictions that you have in actually coming here to our nation's capital and openly talking about that? Yeah, well, I'm a church born and bred kid, first of all. Uh, I went to Oral Roberts University. I went to work at a church, loved what we were doing, helping people every single day. Uh, But as I was doing that, I also began to be troubled about where our nation was heading and uh, thinking about, you know, we have churches that are growing, but our nation's in decline and that, you know, we need to figure out what that is. And, And so that led me to get involved, grassroots, just local community uh, didn't project a run for Congress or anything, just wanted to do my part uh, getting involved. Um, and eventually, long story short, people asked me to run for Congress, and of course that seemed to me like an other people's thing to do. Right, you know? right. like, I mean, it was just not in my wheelhouse. Uh, and uh, anyway, we prayed about it, and you, you know, I felt like there's a hundred signs along the way, but so let me ask you this. this, is a, this the speaker has been criticized for saying this. Do you think God called you to Congress? Uh, I, I, I mean, that's my motivation for being here, yes. I mean, the scripture is very clear on that, right. that he puts people in positions of authority. He raises some up, he puts some down. And with your, I mean, you ran for Congress and you won. Mm-hmm. That's not the norm in that you just step out of nowhere into the political process and win a race for Congress. Right. I went from, you know, grassroots volunteer to U.S. Congress, you know, um, which is not the norm. You know, a lot of people, were you in the state house or no, I was I was American citizen, loved the country, uh, doing my best in my community to make a difference, you know, to help people. Um, but you know, something connected with the people in our district and they sent us here to represent them. And, you know, it's been obviously an honor to serve uh, and to do it. So what's been what's been most revealing to you as you've been here on Congress uh, on Capitol Hill? Oh, my gosh, there's so many levels of that. Uh, You know, probably one of the saddest is um, how over time, and this is a bipartisan issue, we have crept so far from our founding principles to where we have a government that's actually actively working against the American people. You know, so we're taking their tax dollars uh, and then we're using it to create these systems that, that work against them, that, that aren't for their benefit. Uh, they're for the powerful and, and the entrenched. Um, you know, on the good side of that, there's light and hope within it. You know, I'm in a weekly prayer meeting. I mean, there's Bible studies that are happening. There's people who are coming here who aren't just uh, 
you know, believers who feel like, okay, I'm going to be a believer and I'm serving, but they're also feel like, you know, it's kind of for, for such a time as this moment. So, like, so I'm here the, with a purpose. You know? They're directed by their faith. Would yeah. you say that? Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. They're here because of their faith. They're not here just to talk about their faith. They're here because of their faith. Right, right. You know, so much of uh, our society and the foundation of us as a nation, you know, we, we talk about uh, Western values, you know, even as soon as you know, we look back to World War II and, and Churchill, we also talked about Christendom. You know, those were interchangeable terms, and then we've kind of, as, as we move towards secularism, kind of, you know, Christendom has kind of fallen out, and we've embraced what Well, Western there's almost an open hostility toward it. Yes, and now we're moving toward that. Uh, and it's very important to understand that the rule of law is based on these sort of things. And I don't even mean from the sense of an evangelical purpose, evangelical sense of everybody becoming a Christian, which I'm not opposed it, to. It, but, I describe it as a moral, a common moral courage. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's the understanding of these, these principles upon which uh, rule of law exists uh, and where you get beyond the conquest ethic of history. Which set Western civilization apart. It, exactly. To where you, you, you respect the rule of law. You respect contracts. Uh, you know, and locally. those things are in, in jeopardy. Right. And, and that's why a revival, both spiritual and even political, is necessary to save this country. Right. Michael, we're, we're up against a break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to give you a few moments to think about this. I want to talk about, I'm going to hit you with a really, really hard question. Let's talk about Christmas traditions <laughs> that you grew up with and that your family is... Um, Experiencing, and I also want to talk a little bit about the family. You know, you've got a young family, and, and how is this service impacting them? So we're going to talk about that, folks. We're with Congressman Michael Cloud here on Capitol Hill. We're going to come back and finish our conversation right after this. So don't go away. Are you a pastor or ministry leader? Then join Family Research Council's Association of Churches and Ministries. This community is for pastors and ministry leaders who are united in refusing to hide their faith in Jesus from those that would try to silence us. Together, we choose to stand on God's word, no matter the cost. As we face an increasingly hostile culture, the Association of Churches and Ministries provides a powerful platform to come together, grow, and be equipped for the ministry God has entrusted to you. By joining this collective, you gain exclusive access to invaluable resources, updates from Washington, D.C. to your leadership and ministry team, special discounts on FRC events, and much more. Together, we will stand firm, united in faith, unyielding in truth. Don't miss your chance to be a part of something greater. Visit acm.frc.org and become a member today. Are you passionate about living out your faith in the public square? Are you invested in rebuilding America's spiritual foundations? We are too. Here at Family Research Council, we have made it our mission to champion the kingdom of God by advancing faith, family, and freedom in our nation and culture. Would you consider joining us? Each day, we work to educate spiritually active, governance-engaged conservatives, proclaim truth on cancel-resistant platforms, promote a biblical worldview in public policy and culture, and engage believers to get involved. Together, we can work towards a prevailing culture in which all human life is valued, 
families flourish, and religious liberty thrives. To get involved, you can donate to FRC by texting the word GIVE to 67742. Again, text GIVE to 67742. Are you tired of the mainstream media censoring Christian and conservative voices? Are you looking for news about the most important topics of the day presented to you through the lens of biblical truth? FRC has the answer. The Washington Stand. The Washington Stand is Family Research Council's outlet for news and commentary from a biblical worldview, covering issues from abortion, sexuality, and religious liberty, to education, to what's happening on Capitol Hill and around the world. The Washington Stand reports on the top stories affecting faith, family, and freedom that the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. Subscribe today to receive the latest news from the Washington Stand in your inbox every weekday morning by texting TWS to 67742 or by visiting WashingtonStand.com. Again, that's TWS to 67742. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Welcome back to this special edition of Washington Watch. As I mentioned, we are on Capitol Hill, actually in the Capitol building, sitting down with Congressman Michael Cloud, who represents the 27th District of Texas. Congressman, again, thanks so much for taking time to join us. I know it's a really busy time as we move toward Christmas. But, but I want to... Um, Step back for a moment. We, we didn't really, we're not talking about policy in, in this, uh, this interview. We do that plenty during the course of the year. But I want our, our folks, for a couple of reasons, to get to know a little bit more about members of Congress who are representing them here. I know you're from Texas, but yeah. with your value set, you represent a lot of our constituents all across the country who want people that are not afraid to talk about their faith and to uphold what's right for the family, what's best for our faith and the right. future of our country and our freedoms. But there's a price to pay. You know, f- this is difficult. People don't realize hey, th- th- these folks have families, they've got kids at home, they've got all of these normal things that normal people have that they have to deal with on top of all of this. No. So we were talking a little bit about your yeah. journey, but let's talk a little bit about your family making this transition from just yeah. being out there supporting a dad <laughs> who was working at a church and, and, and involved in the community now to being a member of Congress. Yeah, well, prior to Congress, my favorite part of most days was walking my kids to school. You know, their elementary schools in our block or in, in our neighborhood. And, and you go from that to, you know, most weeks we're flying up here and our, our commute is on an airplane uh, and then we're home for the weekends. And, you know, for me, my, my goal growing up was to be a good dad, you know, priority number one. And, and so doing what you can to make sure that you keep those relationships fresh. And then especially in today's culture, when you can't assume like a generation ago that that culture was kind of moving your kids in the right direction. You know, uh, you have to really prepare your kids uh, intellectually, uh, emotionally, uh, and certainly with a deep root of faith to be able to to stand in the times that we're So let's talk a little bit about that. Because I found, and I've been doing this for 20 years as well, commuting back and forth, you've got to be intentional. Very much so. Like I said, it wasn't a generation ago where we had this common held ethic in in our country and, you know, the whole community was going to kind of move things along. We're in a very different time period. And and you have to, yeah, I can't tell you how many, parents I've talked to that they've raised up their kids the right way, send their kids to a university and have uh, what they thought they were just demolished, you know, and and heartbroken parents. Um, 
and so you have to be very intentional about rooting them and grounding them uh, and teaching them apologetics and how to defend the faith and you know all these different kind of things uh, and and make sure that you're doing that uh, as, as you're raising your kids um, I mean some things you're not going to be able to do the golf game may suffer uh, <laughs> my, you know. my golf game is really bad <laughs> I can vouch for that <laughs> so I mean it's there's a there's a period in life as a parent yeah it's a short period but you know it's a period that has lasting consequences and so, so, I mean, here for a member of Congress who is dealing with the issues, the weighty issues of the world, still, the scripture says, if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul. And mm-hmm. I think that speaks to our, our children, that each of us as parents need to be intentional in taking that time to invest in our children in the future of our country. And very much so. Very much so. And, you know, I, Back when I would uh, was working in the church world, and we would do some events, and you know, a number of men events, for example, and I would talk to them about like, how many of you know the sports stats of of every you know your, all your all your favorite sports persons, but how many of you know what your kid's report card looked like, you know, last term, you know, and and the disparity between that, you know, we've got to be very intentional about raising our kids and being active and involved and being their biggest fan. And part of being intentional is also creating those what I call anchors in the home, those traditions, those things that um, I found that my kids now who are adults want to come back and be a part of. (laughs) One of ours, every Friday night we have pizza and watch a movie, and and I have kids Uh, that are married, moved away, but they come back for Friday night pizza. Um, So what are some of those things that around the cloud family that uh, are synonymous with Christmas? Christmas is fun for us. Well, first of all, you have to realize the context of South Texas. Uh, <laughs> no snow. <laughs> there's actually a song they play in our area that says uh, there's no white Christmases in Texas, you know, and, and it goes on to talk about walking in the sand and flip-flops. And, you know, we were putting up Christmas lights the other day, and we're out there with shorts. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a whole different paradigm. Uh, but uh, something we love, you know, uh, of course, our, our Christmas tradition has tamales in it, which, you know, I many like probably don't. This is very, you know, uh, and I don't mean the canned ones. I mean, yeah, the real know, ones, the, 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 the real corn wrapped. Yeah, 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 I, I yeah. got it. So um, one thing my wife uh, brought uh, her ideas years ago was we would wrap up. She would wrap up uh, back when we were doing DVDs, right? A lot of it's digital, but like twelve different Christmas movies yeah. uh, in a wrapper. You know, some holiday classics, and then we try to throw in a few yeah. new ones every year. And right. then, and then whenever we would get a free moment, one of the kids would take turns in opening up what it is and whatever it was that's what we were watching uh, that night. And so, actually, we were home over the weekend, and it was the Nativity is <laughs> what got picked. So, um, with digital now, she's had to like slip names into a, an empty case now. But that's but that's that's a neat tradition. We do we do something similar yeah. as I said, Friday nights or movies. So from Thanksgiving on to Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, it trying it's mostly classics because I found out that even the PG thirteen are not good ones. <laughs> uh, you know, so we stick with mostly the black and white classics. Yeah. We're very much a day after Thanksgiving decorating family as well. So uh, the, the tree will go up then and. Um, and we'll put the lights up and, uh, you know, but so much of it is just remembering why we're really here and taking those those moments throughout it to to make sure that, you know, we remember what the season's really all about. It, it is. And I think in, in the, the more that slips in the culture more broadly, mm-hmm. the more important it is that we focus on it. 
within our own homes because if we want to if we want to change the world we need to start right where we have the ability to do it and there's no better place than in the home so let's uh, transition just a little bit when you you look at what's happening across this nation and around the world in light of the hope that we find at christmas time the fact that we have a, a savior jesus christ who's brought hope to the world. And we look right now at the Middle East that's um, in conflict. Where do you gain your sense of hope? How do you maintain it here as you deal with all of these weighty issues? That's a good one. Uh, I remember my pastor asked me to speak about hope once uh, following some discouraging political times up here in D.C. And uh, frankly, you know, sometimes it's one of those things where your, your pastor uh, assigns you something because you need it more than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I went to look at some of the typical scriptures about hope. Uh, one, uh, you know, script, there's a scripture that talks about giving you hope in the future. You know, in the context of that time, they were actually going into captivity, uh, the, the people of Israel. And, um, and looking at the stories that happened in that period before they were able to come out and begin to rebuild were amazing. That's where we get like the stories of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and uh, Daniel in the lion's den, and Esther, you know, all happened in that period between the promise of restoration and the beginning of restoration. Uh, and for me, that was one of the motivating things that, that what brings hope is people willing to have the courage to stand up in those pivotal moments. Uh, and it was encouraging to me in, in some of the things we you know, had to come ahead of, of how important it is just to stand, you know, uh, and, and, and do what you believe is right. And, and part of that is a refining process. I mean, if life were always, you know, a, you know if it were a picnic... We wouldn't enjoy the picnic mm-hmm. because we, we have no, no frame of reference. But I think the, the, the difficulties, number one, causes us to enjoy the, the, the good times a little bit more. But it's also, as we see through Scripture, and I even think this applies to the nation, that as we turn to God in the midst of those difficult challenges, yielding ourselves to him, as he says, you know, he, he chastises his children. And the term there not meaning punish, but to discipline, to, to strengthen, to, to direct and guide. And, and we're better on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's another scripture, and I'm trying to remember exactly how it's where I'm paraphrasing, but basically hard times lead to persever- create persever- right. perseverance in a person. Perseverance leads to character, and character leads to hope. And I always thought that was an interesting because I expected those hard times lead to perseverance. I expected perseverance to help produce character, but then it's it's people of character that help produce hope. And and so it was just an interesting. I think it's because what I thought was kind of a a jump. You see the faithfulness of God, and as you go through those on the other side, it it builds your hope, and I think Mm -hmm. also strengthens you and prepares you for even greater challenges. I mean, David's a great example of that with facing Goliath, he could face Goliath when he looked back on the on the lion and the bear. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I think as we as we persevere through these challenges, and I think there's no doubt that America is in the midst of one of these challenges, mm-hmm. but it's yielding to God. And so from that standpoint, what would you share with our viewers and listeners in terms of as we move toward a new year, what we should be praying for, looking for. You know, we have a, a, a kind mm. of a, basically a model pray vote stand. Yeah. What does that look like in 2024? 
Yeah, I, you know, I think for people of faith, it's certainly a time to to pray to the the fundamentals. Pray, read your Bible. Uh, you know, which leads to you having character and understanding what you're doing, but then having um, having that character that that leads to those stands in whatever your circle of influence is. Uh, and we can do it in, in a righteous and appropriate uh, way that shows love and kindness. Uh, but at the same time, it's not kind to sit on your hands and, and let uh, some of the the evil things that are happening in society have their place. And that doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a member of Congress to affect that change. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to. You know, we're all called to something and we're all called to be a light in our circle of influence, whatever that is, you know. And so uh, scripture talks about, you know, being faithful in what you're given uh, to, to see that expanded. Uh, and so... And I think you're an example of that, being involved in the community, being at your church, as you were faithful to steward what the Lord gave you. And he says, you know, to... You're faithful with the small things, you get bigger things. And so now you're here on Capitol Hill dealing with issues that, as we talked about earlier, literally affect the world. Yeah, How can people be praying for you? How can they pray for Michael Cloud? You know, as always up here, we, we need to, to pray for wisdom, to see through things. Uh, one of the things that I think is so important, important is discernment. Uh, when I just got here, people would ask, uh, how's everybody treating you in Washington? I'd say, they treat you fine. The question is why. <laughs> that's, that's discernment right there. You know? And it's uh, just uh, being able to see through those things to make sure you, you uh, are working for what's true and what's right and, and, and just. And... Uh, you know, so I, I think that's one of the big things is to be praying for those kind of things. You know, I, I'd say to people who are praying out there that they are having effect. You know, this has been a pretty consequential year in the restructuring of, of Congress. And yeah, people that, that people don't see that. How, right. They it's one of those things that, that is under the water level, but is important, I think, in the long term, has a big opportunity to produce results. But we've been rewriting the muscle memory of Congress, so to speak. Um, and really getting and, back and the to Repu- representative I'll be very body. T- I mean, the Republicans haven't gotten credit for that. The, the media is certainly not going to give you credit, but I think yeah. people don't see it. The fact that when you talk about that, the fact that there's now amendments right. to which, bills that we never had before. Which is was good for anyone up here representing, you know, whether Republican or Democrat. Hey, you can offer amendments now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the fact so. that we're sitting here having a conversation right before Christmas and we're not worried about an omnibus this you know massive spending bill making its way through Congress that nobody has an opportunity to read. Right. So that's a big change. yeah, exactly. And and the fact that even when legislation comes, we have a few days to read it now and to look and to have input. And you know, so these these are some things that are happening that, frankly, the American people assumed was happening already, <laughs> uh, but had over time just uh, slipped away from you know what the founders envisioned as a representative body. So there's a lot of progress being made. Keep the prayers going. There's obviously we have a lot of challenges ahead, uh, and there's more work ahead than than is behind. I, th- I think with what we need to happen in our country, but you know, keep up the keep up the don't get weary in well doing. Exactly. Yeah. If if Christians stop praying, voting, and standing for truth, the, the game over. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. But as long as we continue to do that, I I think the Lord will answer our prayers. He'll bless our stands and. Um, I believe he'll keep his hand upon this nation. Congressman Michael Cloud, thanks so much for joining us. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. You've been listening to a special 
faith and freedom edition of Washington Watch prior to Congress adjourning and heading home for Christmas. I went up to Capitol Hill, sat down and had some one on one conversations with members of Congress. And that was uh, Congressman Michael Cloud of Texas. Well, let me just ask you to consider this as we move into not only Christmas, but the end of the year is that we're here because of folks like you. Quite frankly, if it weren't for men and women of deep abiding faith that care about this country and want the truth to go out, we wouldn't be here. The Family Research Council, nor would Washington Watch be here. And and so this is a great time of year. If you'd like to partner with us, generous friends of FRC have recently increased our challenge match to $1.5 million. So if you give by New Year's Eve, your tax-deductible gift will have double the impact. And when you give, uh, you'll receive a free copy of our new Stand on the Word journal. And this is a great resource for you if you'd like to join us in our journey through the Bible. This is the first year that it's been out, and so this will walk you day by day through our reading plan, 10 to 15 minutes a day, and in two years you will have covered the entire Bible. And I tell you, nothing will give you more encouragement and strength for what we're facing today than being in the Word of God. So if you would uh, like to partner with us and receive this free gift, simply text the word GIVE to 67742. That's G-I-V-E to 67742 or go to TonyPerkins.com. Well, that's all we have time for today. So let me once again leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 